TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Craig, to follow up on that, you've said several times that you're convinced of the organization's uh, desire to win and to pursue all avenues of that. If there were a player at the top of the market in the free agent that you felt like would make a difference here, are you confident that you could put forth you know, the best financial effort to get that kind of player? Uh, I, I don't see financial resources as a, as a limiting factor. Um, I think that's something that was, was clear in the conversations that we had. Now, obviously, we have to kind of line up on a number of, of variables here, interest and fit uh, among two of them. Um, but, you know, like I said, the, you know, kind of the refrain that I will, I will keep hammering through these conversations is there's a, uh, a relentless interest in, in winning from all parties. That only comes... <laughs> Merry Christmas and happy holidays from KJ Lines here on WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's taking you back to Craig Breslow's introductory press conference and the question of will management be willing to go all out to spend on players? So guess what starts with a Y and ends with an O and is not here with you. Uh, Yoko Ono. <laughs> that, that, that was damn good. Kind of feels like what Heim Bloom was to the Red Sox. There you go. And the Paul McCarty play. That yeah. was well, well played lines. Yeah. Well played. Well, it took me a while to think of it. But look, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so what that clip right there, KJ, to me, that tells us one, one of two things is true right now. Mm. Either Breslow was lied to and they're not going to spend that much money, or Breslow doesn't think Yamamoto is an actual top of the market player. Because he said if there's a top-of-the-market player, financial considerations aren't going to be an issue. Everyone else seemed to view Yamamoto as a top-of-the-market player. Multiple teams bid 300, multiple teams bid 325. Red Sox did it. So that that tells me, if you have another theory, I'd love to hear it, but it tells me either he was lied to or he does not view Yamamoto as that level of player. I do have a third. Do you think if someone whispered in Breslow's ear and said, Someone's going to want twelve years as a pitcher. Would the would the Red Sox do it before you even said who the pitcher was? Yeah, they probably would. I mean, they did do twelve years for Mookie, so let alone a pitcher. Right. Know, yeah. So that's probably one of the qualifiers that we didn't see happening is that Otani with his deal and the deferred money, they dug into something that you know some people call it like investigated. It can't be real. It's well, you know, if the Dodgers believe they can put it on its books forever. You know, then just get ready for the seventy million dollar payroll Dodgers yeah, in about be ten years. <laughs> two years too. So the last two years of that Yamamoto deal is also going to coincide with the first two years of all that deferred money. 
the Dodgers, there's going to be two years there where maybe it's even too much money for them. But I think yeah, they'll gladly the, take the next 10 for those two. The Los Angeles A's, that's yeah. what they're going to be. But you know what? They're pushing that down the road. But here, there's this feeling of, do we even matter in the scheme of baseball and competing for top players? Not grown, right? Devers grown. He's still here. The others, we could talk about the guys who are gone. Maybe the J.D. Martinez acquisition is probably the most recent that was beneficial and you showed the payoff. Trevor's story, we're still waiting for a full season and for that reduced price that you got is paying off. But this Yamamoto one feels like a gut punch because you said, okay, if you don't think you'd be in the Otani sweepstakes, at least the Red Sox would be in the Yamamoto sweepstakes. And it turns out both Yamamoto and Otani, who, by the way, was talked to by uh, Freddie Freeman and your very own Mookie Betts about coming, they're in L.A. playing for the Dodgers. Yeah. And and I think, too, like, it's not just a two, like you mentioned, it's a gut punch. Like, it's. J.D. Martinez signed in February of, what, 2018? So we're talking five years ago. It's been five years since they've really landed. They've given out one nine-figure contract since they won the 2018 World Series, and it was Trevor Story. Only one. not looking good right now. No, it's not, right. And even Trevor Story, if we're really going to be honest with ourselves, what would you have rather them done? Give Kyle Schwarber big money after that ALCS or the Trevor Story contract? I'm taking oh, Kyle, Kyle Schwarber, Schwarber, 10 out because of 10, right? At least you get excitement, and at least you... And you, he hits you're a gonna, bunch of homers, and he's right, healthy. you're going to have fun, right. And he's healthy. Like, he actually plays... And it's, but it's year after year. It's like whenever a big name becomes available, at this point, like, look at... What was it a year and a half ago when Luis Castillo got traded to the Mariners near the yeah. deadline? Like, to me, that would have been a perfect fit for the Red Sox. They, they weren't in on that. Like, it, I'm at the point now where when a big-time or really talented player becomes available... I don't even really get excited because I just expect the Red Sox are not going to be in on it. I think there's a new curse at play. I think it's the curse of Mookie Betts now. I think after the way things happen, nineteen eighteen Bambino, twenty eighteen Mookie. It it could it be because think about it. Remember when Mookie came back for the first time last season and just all the Dodgers fans that just showed up out of nowhere. He pulled your pants down and spanked you. I mean, the dude used an aluminum bat against your pitching staff for the most part. That's what it felt like. And on top of that, into the next season where you think, hey, by having Yoshida already here, who's a teammate of Otani on the World Baseball Classic team, you think that you might have some type of leverage to put these two guys together and who's one of the people in the room that helps sell Otani to come to his team? It's Mookie Betts. Yeah, just a killer. And, and and even with Yoshida, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was a teammate of Yamamoto on the World Baseball Classic, too. So right. like that's another guy. And I know there's another Japanese pitcher, Imanaga, available who's pretty good, but he's not the 25-year-old best player in their league. <laughs> so that's like, where, he's, that's he's where the Red good. Sox are going to be heading now. But, like, and the other thing, too, that's kind of bugged me is like, you know you need multiple pitchers. Corbin Burns is probably right there with Yamamoto talent-wise. He's a couple years older. He's available. You could trade for him, and there's reports they don't want to well, trade for him because he's going to test free agency. Right, in a couple then years. he isn't available, right? The, the person you have to right. trade for, that's just a desire. You know, that, that's not sees, a guarantee. Right, another guy, second in Cy Young voting in 2022, available. And there's, oh, the Red Sox aren't, maybe aren't interested because he's going to be a free agent after the season. It's like, well, at what point are you going to actually get one of them? And, and again, the I don't want to I don't want to crush them for something they haven't done yet. I want to try to be fair. But, like, at what point 
Are you going to try to get one of these guys? I mean, when Kurt Schilling was traded here, he had one year left on his deal. What did they do? Worked out an extension as part of the trade. When Tyler Glass, now you want a recent example, just got traded from the Rays to the Dodgers, he had one year left on his deal. What did the Dodgers do? Worked out an extension as part of the trade. Like, you can do that. It's okay. And if a guy really doesn't want to, maybe you can trade for the other guy or maybe you can just bite the bullet and do it. Like, at what point are you actually going to bring in a good pitcher? But have you thought that maybe players don't want to be here but or if, come here? But if like you not. if you pay them more money than anyone else, they'll cut. Like I don't know if David Price really wanted to come here, and the Red Sox said, "Well, you know what? Take your St. Louis offer and add thirty five million." And he came here, and he won yeah, a he World took Series the money here. and took like, a lot of aspirin when he left here. But he won. A, he came here and he won a World Series, and he's not well, the first guy no. that will take the most money, and he's not the last guy. Like I still. I reject that they cannot bring in any of these guys. Like it's I'm not ridiculous. saying they can't bring them in. I'm just saying those like, guys are not staying aside. Right? I think there's something. Even when sure, we some mentioned of them Dave, might not. even when you mentioned David Price, we kind of now doing a bit of a revisionary history with to say, oh, he came here and won a World Series. You can't ignore what that guy was going through before you get to the World Series, yep, and people are like, tough. okay, he was like, oh, well, but okay. also in fairness, he, won a World Series. he failed in the playoffs multiple times before he won that World Series, and he was the highest paid pitcher on the team. So like he deserves some of that flack. Like okay. if we're being or if we're being honest, right? He deserves some. Now, did he get more than he deserved? Yeah, probably. But like but I just you, reject you, that you can't you bring any of these guys. But you don't think those narratives, like the David Price situation or Mookie Betts and him not being able to get the money here. Cuz if you're going to tell me now because look what think about what is remaining here with the Red Sox organization that was traded for Mookie Betts? Uh just Connor Wong, right? meanwhile Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman long sleeves are hanging out telling Otani come up the road and oh by the way call your boy across seas and tell him he could come here too this is what I'm saying is I believe because I think Mookie is one of those guys that has the hearts and minds of a lot of players across all demographics in baseball I think he's that charismatic guy people want to play with yeah right but also also may want to get his opinion about what is it like to go play for that management structure and that situation. They're throwing me a lot of money. I remember I told one person in this industry one time, they're like, and hey, what do you think, man? They're throwing me a lot of money. I said, buy, buy a lot of Advil. Yeah, they're going to give you a lot of money, but it's going to be a lot of headaches. And some players realize that, hey, MLB checks clear just as well in Pittsburgh as they do in Boston. So if I can live a better life in Pittsburgh, people may laugh. Why would you want to go there? But at least I know what I'm getting for my money. I don't think players, especially now the way social media is set up, want to come in such a this is this is a hotbed, man. People got an opinion about how you're coming off the rubber. And that's how that's how in tune we are as fans. And some players just feel like I just want to play for my bosses and not really get into the minutiae of dealing with the fans. I think though with Mookie. It's. I don't think it's a fan issue so much with him because what have we heard about the last few years? Don't trade Mookie. Don't trade Mookie. They screwed up. They screwed up. Like with David Price, maybe there was animosity with the fans. I did especially hear some people say. I heard people champ- say Mookie oh, no. was going to get too much yeah. money. Yeah, and then you had the Bluminati people too. They were like, "Oh, Bloom knows they're going to be fine. You shouldn't sign Mookie to that log." But it, largely, the narrative has been the Red Sox screwed up and should not have traded Mookie, which I think has been borne out to be true anyway. But. I just feel like if Jeter they, Downs is with the Yankees now. <laughs> yeah, if if the Red Sox offer the Brewers or the White Sox the best trade package, they can get one of those pitchers. And if they offer one of those pitchers the most money in an extension, they'll sign, and you'll have one of those pitchers. And if they offer Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell the most money, they're probably going to sign. 
at least one out of the two. Like, so that's why, to me, like, if you don't want to get Yamamoto, I'm, I'm frustrated by that, but I'm going to be a lot more angry if you walk away with none of these other guys because you can get at least one, if not two, of these other guys. You know what? I have a thought about one of those trades. We'll get to it next here on KJ and Lions. Plus, we got to talk about the Verdugo underhanded comments, kind of the shots fired at Alex Cora uh, in his Yankee press conference interview. Uh, that's still to come in five minutes, but right now, here on KJ and Lions, it's time to trend with John Lyons. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Is KJ and Lions on WEEI. Yes, sir. What you know about corn liquor and Santa Claus, huh, John? Nothing? Uh, I know about Santa Claus and I know about alcohol. <laughs> there you go. So corn liquor, yeah. I, I guess a decent amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and then my headache knows a lot about it, like, tomorrow. Yes, so we just, are uh, We are your front door Santas. Sorry, sorry mom, listening. Um, I, won't, I won't drink too many uh, IPAs tonight, I promise. Don't have Fitzy over unless you want them all cleaned away. Yeah, actually, did you know, we may have talked about this over the summer, but I went to a beer release party for a Fitzy-themed Patriots beer at Vitamin C Brewery. Great brewery, by the way, at Weymouth, for those that haven't been. But he has two Patriots craft beers named after him at local breweries. There's Very nice. I'm sure they have a very, very corny taste to them. I'm totally kidding. Starch. They're going to have a KJ and Lions beer, though. Mine would be very dark. <laughs> okay. So it'd be a stout. You're a stout it would be, guy. It, I'm a stout guy. It'd be a very dark right. beer. I would drink um, it. Hearty. Um, probably have a lot of corn taste in it too as well. KJ's Christmas Stout, man. And the Christmas will be with a K. That's the marketing plan. KJ's yeah, Christmas yeah, they, Stout. There you go. You know, wow. just not too many Ks in there because then K would have to worry about what he's eating. Yeah, only two, only two, only two. Only two. Yeah, only yeah. two. We're not yeah. going to throw the third one on there. Yeah, no, just just three is not yeah. a good number in yeah. that game. No, not ideal. So it hasn't been ideal for the Red Sox fan base here really over the last couple of years in terms of free agency gets and before we went to break we talked about how to get Corbin Burns in here and and this is the tough conversation that I think 
we probably have to have is because, yes, you'd love to see the guy come. You'd love to see him sign an extension. But do you want to see someone like Mayer go out the door? Yeah, and that's that, to me, that's the question. Because I think you can probably get Dylan Cease without giving up Marcelo Mayer. If I'm the Brewers with Corbin Burns, who's a elite-level pitcher, I'm probably saying, hey, give me Marcelo Mayer. And, but I think a, a part of being a great GM is knowing which prospects you can trade. Right, Dave Dombrowski brings in Chris Sale. And at the time, it was, do you include Moncada in the deal? Do you include Andrew Benatendi in the deal? Right, Both guys, now Benatendi at the time had more major league experience, but both were up-and-coming, outfield prospects, a lot of hype around him, a lot of talent. He chose to trade Moncada, which ended up hugely benefiting you because Benatendi was a big part of you winning a World Series. If he had chosen wrong, you still would have been good but Yoan Moncada doesn't help you win the 2018 World Series. So I, I think that's part of Craig Breslow's job here is do you want, you know, are you willing to trade your first or second best prospect for Burns? Do you know which one to trade? Or do you want to trade your fifth and sixth best prospects for a guy like Dylan Cease? You know, so, and I'm just throwing out numbers here, but the point is, like, can you pick the right guys to trade? Because they're not all going to work out. Can you identify which ones are going to work out and which ones won't? So some of it comes down to paying out, right? Because you sure. all these earlier day deals you mentioned, a shilling, you're like, hey, we are, we'll talk to the Red Sox because they'll give him the money that he wants. We may not be able to continue to pay you what you want here in Arizona, knowing that we're still a small market team. You remember at that time, Arizona, um, Florida Marlins at the time were one of those like, okay, we're going to get rich quick. And then dump soon after, just so yeah. that we can we get you know pump. It's like dig dug, win a World pump, Series, trade everyone, right? Win explode a World everything, series, trade everyone. Right now, if you're one of these smaller market teams, like like look at Garrett Cole. There's going to be a whole segment of people who totally forgot the guy pitched for Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh says, you know what, this guy, we are not going to be able to give him the money that he rightfully wants or deserves, so we're got to let him go. The issue now, it seems to be, is that the Red Sox are going to be a bit hesitant about paying out. After the way they paid to Chris Sale, I think they're a bit gun-shy in terms of saying, we're going to go the big spender, because think about it now. What Chris Sale's deal is now is pennies to what's going to be the market now for what you're going to be paying for. Chris Sale might be your third highest pitcher if you get two quality frontline starters. And even with the way his contract is structured, he's making, I think, $17.5 million this year. Right. So, So, but again... That'd be your third guy, right. If you bring in two other guys, he'd probably be your third. But this is, where, this is where I think the Red Sox would be a bit hesitant. Like now, back to the Yoshida situation, uh, back to the Yamamoto situation, I'm sorry, is I believe they had a number in mind and went with that number, and that number either was enough but the years weren't, or the years weren't enough and the money. I, I think it was probably five or six a, years. I bet you they went to like – Eight years and two fifty or something, and he was like, "I want twelve and three twenty-five. and they're like, "No." Or his agent probably did. Yeah, like yeah. that's. I, I could see them. Like if I read tomorrow or later today that they were at eight or nine and two fifty, I would not be surprised by that because if you look at it, eight years, he's thirty-three when it's done. You get his whole prime, and then you're done with him. So I, I bet you, without any inside knowledge, I bet you that's kind of the neighborhood they were probably in. I would be surprised if it was eight years, two hundred twenty-five per. Oh, man, that would not be good. Right, because it's like, that's what I think. I think the Red Sox are thinking what are, what's more the per years than it is what the total contract is. So I don't think they were going to do 10 years. I don't think it was going to be a 10. I don't think they were going to step in the room do 10 for 250. They've never done. The only 10-year deal is Devers. Right. And I think the only other one 
that's like eight or more was the previous ownership group when they signed Manny Ramirez. And, and Colin and that's what, 2001? Correct, yeah, Colin texts in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking like eight or more years that they've signed a guy. I, I think it's Manny, eight years, 160, and yeah. then Devers, which was 10. Man, I don't, you almost feel like you can afford Manny's contract now yourself. Like eight yeah. for 160? I think I can get that yeah. change up by the end of the day. Yeah. But it, it's one of those situations where, and I understand why, after the sale deal and seeing how this pet, how the player broke down, would you want to go get two more of those guys that could potentially break down or not be able to adjust to the confines of Fenway? Because, look, you're talking well, Jordan Montgomery. You're yeah. like, okay, great, but what if he's a left-hander that just can't get it together in Fenway? That could be a disaster, especially against teams like Toronto. Yeah, and credit to Chris Curtis. He looked up Jordan Montgomery's Fenway stats for the morning show today. They are not very good. ERA's over four. Um, <laughs> but here's the problem with that, KJ, for me, is, okay, you get, you overpaid sale, and you gave him a bad deal. That's sort of the well, Curtis list to us last night. That's what it was. Yeah, well, of course he is. What do you think Curtis is doing? He's <laughs> listening to KJ Alliance. What, what is anyone doing? But the issue with me is Chris Sale, prior to signing that extension, had a track record of breaking down year after year, after even the year they won the World Series, he didn't pitch all his games in September, right? And he wasn't quite the same guy in October. He's still good, don't get me wrong, but he has a track record, and part of it's because of his stature, and part of it's because of how hard he throws, and yep. his, that, that funky windup. He has, and this was something on the White Sox, this was something early on the Red Sox. So to me, the flaw was not that they decided to just give a pitcher money, it's that they gave a guy with a track record of injury problems. Whereas Corbin Burns, he doesn't have a track record of breaking down every year. Dylan Cease doesn't have a track record of breaking down every year. Like a lot of these guys don't have these track records of breaking down. So that's why, like, and I think there's some truth in what you're saying and that the Red Sox maybe are hesitant because, oh, we gave Sale a bunch of money. It didn't work out. We saw them not pay Evaldi, and then he went to Texas and pitched like a Cy Young candidate <laughs> last year. But to me, the mistake was not that they gave Sale money. The mistake, or I hear me out, the mistake was not that they gave a pitcher money. It's that they gave a guy who they knew had injury problems and broke down after your money. That's the problem, right? So, so if you have guys now that don't have that track record, yeah, there's always risk, but you should feel a lot safer than when you gave the money to Sale. So let's say Burns, let's say you make a deal for Burns, but part of the deal is that he he just he gets to play his one year and yep. then he'll you you know you you have the right to negotiate throughout the season but let's say his sticking point is that he wants to get 10 years to put him at what 42 uh no burns is only 27 20 so put so him at 30 so put him at 38 yeah, right so put him at so about 38 years old so let's say he wants 10 years he's 29 right now okay so it puts him at four, so let's say it puts him at 40 he wants 10 years to get him to 40 but the Red Sox say we're not going to give you ten years. He says, "Okay, I walk." Now you've got a double disaster. Yeah, the guy that you just gave up one of your top prospects for is gone, and now the guy that you thought you would be able to sign is gone. And that's why I wonder: like, are the Red Sox just one of these teams that are just saying we don't really believe in the double-digit year deals for almost anybody unless you're transcending with your age, right? Like with Raphael yeah, Devers, he was 24, 25 when he signed his 10-year. Okay, yeah. he's out and at 34. player. Like right. I do and, wonder and if it's a pitcher day. thing. And, and this guy, like the other th- thing though, like the other option here is if Burns says, hey, I want 10 years and 35 a year for 350, well, what if they offer him seven years but 40 or 42 a year? Like you could up that AAV, he's still getting the same amount of money and maybe gets another contract on top of it after. Like you can... 
pull that off. If you really don't want to do a 10-year deal, you can do an eight-year deal, a higher AAV, and maybe it won't get every player, but it'll get some of these guys. And it so, would be player-friendly because you're getting the increase annually and you don't, you're not committed to 10 years of deal. And you get another contract, right, when you're 34 or 35. Right, you can still get another three-, four-year deal. Exactly, right. So that's why, to me, like if, if their philosophy is we don't want to do 10-year deals, okay, you can do eight-year deals for more money. If their philosophy is, well, we don't want to spend this amount, okay, well, you could then then do a 10-year deal so the guy has financial security and just don't maybe go aside. Like, they're, they're not doing one or the other. They're just doing neither. Like, that's the problem, and that's why we're sitting here looking at a pitching staff that still has two massive holes on it two days before Christmas. KJ and Lines, WEEI, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. Still to come, we're going to unwrap the gifts for our fellow WEEI coworkers, and, of course, we celebrate Festivus here in about 15 minutes. Um, but did you hear the comments from Alex Verdugo? Uh, Nico, play, play Alex Verdugo's comments uh, at his Yankee press conference, his Yankee uh, interview, press uh, in- introduction interview. I'm very, very excited to, to work with Aaron. You know, I've seen the way he has his back, like has his, uh, his, his players' backs. And, you know, the, the one that really gets out to me is when he's like, these, these guys are savages, you know, and he's yelling at the umpire. And, I mean, that's something I want to see out of my head coach, man. I want to see some fire, some fight for the guys. And, um, you know, I think I think just instead of airing people out, you know, have their backs. And and uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this fresh start and, you know, just to kind of get with the guys and, and really just, you know, just, just change the narrative, man. Go out there, play hard, work hard, and, and just have fun. And that's the biggest thing. You know, if I was Aaron Boone, the first gift I would give Alex Verdugo is a big ass flavor flav clock to put around his neck. Can, did you, can you appreciate the shot that he took straight up at Alex Cora because Alex Cora benched you for not being on time? I don't know if I don't know if Verdugo knows this, but Fenway hasn't moved its address since what? 1912? Yeah. And you're late? Yeah. Uh, come on. KJ, what is the most basic responsibility in any job? Be before time. And when I speak to students, don't be on time. If the jobs, if this show started at 1 o'clock, all right, if I'm walking in here at five minutes to one, I'm not prepared at 1 o'clock. Yeah, and I'm probably aggravated with you. So thankfully yeah, you yeah, never exactly. do that. Right. I'm, I'm over probably, here eating a burger. It, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I still got four but, and a half minutes. Hey, <laughs> let, me, let me boil it down to you even more simply than that. Show up. That's all you got. That's the number one thing in any job is show up. And Verdugo you must is have worked publicly, on a lot of non-bid contract jobs. <laughs> Verdugo, yeah, well, hey, let's let's not get our Just let's not up. get our cables cut here, okay? <laughs> Verdugo takes shots at Alex Cora. Now, look, have I criticized Alex Cora at times in the past? You bet. Yeah. On-field management, base running mistakes, all that. Sure. Ill preparedness. One thing yeah. I have never questioned Alex Cora on is him being there for his players and caring about their well-being. Because I know he does. All the players know he does. Jonathan Papelbon was on these airwaves yesterday saying that he does. The Houston Astros would tell you that he does. And Verdugo. Oscar the Grouch's garbage cans would tell you. Yes. And Verdugo (laughs) was late. And you and I both know, KJ, for him to get benched and for Cora to show public frustration, it was not the first time. And we saw Alex Verdugo time after time make himself the center of attention in Boston, whether it was going back and forth with Yankee fans at Yankee Stadium, which at the time we thought, oh, hey, that's really cool. He's part of the spirit. Showing up late, 
right? Or just any type of we, – we saw examples of this. And all we ask, KJ, as Boston sports fans, show up and play hard. Right now, we might criticize you. We might say, hey, you should have made that play. You should have done this. You should have done that. But if you at least show up and you play hard, You're we can be, work with you, that. We'll work with you. You know show what? up. He didn't even show up. Like, he's two hours late, late multiple times, and now he's bitching to the Yankees media about Alex Cora not having his back? Like, show up. It's you know You're the centerpiece of the Mookie trade. You're a right fielder who's a pretty damn good fielding right fielder. Your average has gone down four years in a row, though, by the way. And you can't even show up on time? To play see, for the Boston Red Sox? See, now that infamous photo of Bloom and Alex Verdugo. After, Another thing about him, right? Nice yeah, center of attention. Yeah, right. Everybody else is taking a picture. It was right after Jimmy Fund, I believe. And everybody was taking a picture, and there's Verdugo and Bloom off in center field. Now they would later clarify that the picture had already been taken. But still, it, it, it screamed of, because I can't talk to my immediate supervisor, I'm going to go yep. over the head of my supervisor and let it be known what I needed to let be known. And again, like you said, in a profession like this, and even in a town like this where it's understood at even your own job that if something happens on the pike on the way in, they're going to have some type of sympathy for you. It's just everything doesn't happen on the pike like that every day. So you you got to make an adjustment. If you live a little further, you got to leave a little earlier. And it, I think probably it had to be at least a third time. I would, I would agree. I, it's funny. I, I said multiple times in my mind, I'm like, this has got to be the third time, at minimum second. <laughs> right. But it's got to, it's like to bench. And there was whispers out there that there had been some issues earlier from Red Sox reporters, right, that like Cor and Verdugo had meshed fully. But it's like, dude, show up. If you don't want to be here in 2024, they'll trade you. You can go somewhere else. But show up. And now you're bitching that the guy didn't have your back when you didn't show up? Do you like think every he guy that showed up, a he head had to coach, to not call him a manager? Maybe. You, 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 like, yeah, I, I mean, I, my head coach. I did notice that when he's like, "What, what are you a linebacker now?" Yeah. Like you don't. No, like I think it was that type of shot to say that I don't even see Alex Cora as a manager. I want that in my head. coach. What does he think is going to happen when he's late to Yankee Stadium for the second time this year? You think Aaron Boone's just going to be nah, nah? It's cool. Don't worry, dude. Like you, you know, really, I, really? I, I, I don't think he understands think, grace because you. you the Steinbrenner th- family is going to be cool with that, even though well, George is not with us anymore. Like, really? Well, think about it. When he was dealt, first of all, he's dealt to the Yankees, and two, you thought he was on his way to San yeah, Diego. Is there a bigger slap, by the way, from the Red Sox <laughs> to a player than say, you know, right. we'll send you to the Yankees, right? Team we play fifteen times a year. That's our most hated rival. That's a, that's like when Belichick traded Drew Bledsoe to the Bills. Like, is there a bigger slap to say, yeah, you why don't you go to a division rival of ours? We don't care if we see you fifteen times a year. You know, I think that was more out of mercy to, to Bledsoe. I think it's. I think this is one of those kind of weird, unprecedented. Like this is like Johnny Damon made the choice in free agency to go to the Yankees. That's different. But we actively get on the phone. You actively get on the phone and say, "Do you want the guy? <laughs> you want him? Sure, we'll take him." That is a clear sign that the person was a problem spread out. I don't like using the word that people like to use because it's such a serious word that people fight for through their lives and personal lives. But the dude was a mitigating problem so much that you'll call the Yankees. It's another thing to call Baltimore because you feel like, hey, we could get some de- some value. What, what, what came back for Verdugo? Right, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> that's how much they thought of him. You don't really have to send the anything centerpiece of, of real the value. Trade. Yes, you really don't have to sing anything of value 
because this guy could potentially be devaluing what's going on in this locker room moving forward. We've got a new president of operations. We're not going to have him trying to drag him out to center field and get pitchers taken. Oh, sorry. Craig, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered this. Uh, let's not forget in June when he got benched because Cora felt he wasn't trying hard enough yeah. in that game against the Guardians. Yeah, the Doug, uh, when he was uh, the run, uh, the, yeah. the failing to run out like, the ball. So show up. Again, it goes back to it. Like, it's it's unbelievable to me that this guy, who had a track record of doing stupid, selfish things and trying to undermine the manager more than once, would then go on with his new team and take that shot like that. Like, come on, dude. Like, you think Cora just – did Cora bench you because you were on time? No. Did Cora bench you because you ran hard down the first baseline? No. He benched you because you didn't show up. Yeah, you know what? I think for Dugo, I think it's just a, a situation where the Yankees are kind of like, you know what? He's a name piece that we could get to one of these smaller market teams. Yeah. Like if we some we see an arm in, in Cincinnati that we like and we want to go get, we'll give you Verdugo. Yeah, you can put and him on might, a flyer and like defensively in the outfield, like he can give Judge some yeah. games off and Soto some time off if needed. So like, and that's the thing on the field, he probably will fit okay with the Yankees. Do I have faith that he could be in New York for multiple years and everything will go smooth? I have no faith in that at all. I hope the fans absolutely hammer this guy when he comes. When no, it comes me back. Too. I, I me hope too. they absolutely hammer this guy. And what's funny is he can't even wear 99 when he goes to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Put him some random, give him Chuck Knobloch's number or something is like that. Is this really the best guy you could get for Mookie? But I know that's a whole separate discussion. But, right? the, oh. but, see, but that, but that kind of oh. goes to the overarching story of the Red Sox right now. It's kind of like, okay, whatever you might have your feelings about Cora, those things can ebb and flow, but at least you have one of the top five managers in the league. You've got a disarray going on with the player in Verdugo. You get rid of him. Okay, good. Heim Bloom, everybody was calling. I mean, dude, Salem Witch Trials would probably be a remix and feature Heim Bloom the way people were coming for him, and he's gone. So all these different pieces that have been an issue, really going back to the Mookie, to the Mookie deal, all those players are literally gone. So now you have to say, all right, you got to start fresh somehow. You don't necessarily want someone in Breslow's ear about Cora again. You had to go. It. it I, I can't wait for him to come back and, and really get shown what people really thought of him, especially as things started to wind up. Because when things go bad and you start to go bad, that's what makes it worse, right? If, if, there, were, if there was like two pieces on the field last year, you would say, okay, Verdugo, when he played, he would give you something. You saw things growing out of cast as you had Devers. Now you got the one of those guys who's just becoming a problem. Like, dude, there's no room for problems. This team isn't so great where you can, you know, we give somebody else yeah. to play 70 of your games and not, you know, we wish Rep Snyder could have been that guy, but, you know, that wasn't the case, man. It's, it's, you just, you just can't continue to, you know, I don't want to say the word P because I think that it describes something, but you just don't want to. You know, piss all over something when it's already on fire. Yeah, and, and that's what Verdugo and, did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just we do it, dude. It's KJ and Lions. Next, we celebrate Festivus. The only way KJ and Lions can celebrate Festivus here on Weei. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. KJ and Lions on Weei. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to 
Christmas and happy holidays on WEEI. It's KJ and Lions. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday with us. But more importantly, in about three minutes, John, we celebrate Festivus. I am excited. For the rest of us. Happy Festivus to you. Um, 37937 text line. Nico, what you got? Okay, we got a few texts here about Alex Cora. So first one is, I'll read these back to back because they are similar. Please explain to me how Alex Cora is one of the top five managers in the league. And then another texter wants to know, what has Alex Cora done since he won a World Series with the team that was given to him? Well, first of all, name – I'll put it this way. Can you name a bunch of them better than him? I think there's some merit to that, though. Like in that, that he's not it, top five? Well, it I'm just not that, saying he's three. Like It's just like when you look at last year and how they lost – a lot of fielding mistakes, basics mistakes, base running mistakes, things that I'm like, well, those, what are you working on in spring training? Weren't those? And, weren't there issues with this team and, that and were above lot, Alex Cora's head last I, year? I'm not disputing that. But still, it didn't feel like the guys, he was getting the best out of everyone there. And then there was in 2019 where it was, hey, we're going to handle the pitchers differently this year in spring training, and that totally backfired and their pitching staff wasn't as good. In 2019, then he has the suspension. So I'm not trying to dump on the guy. Just I think there is merit to is this guy as good as we all talk him up to be because they do make a lot of basic mistakes, whether it's on the base paths, running on, excuse me, in the field. So it's just to me, I, I think there's some fair questions about that. And it makes me wonder sometimes, yeah, is the roster bad? Are guys out of place? But is he getting the most out of all these? Wait, guys? the manager can't do shock therapy if a person doesn't know to hit a cutoff. It fails to hit the cutoff, but man. What are you working this on is... in spring training? Well, here's Isn't the thing, that... and it's not just it... one out. Like the... it happened a lot. Stuff. Well, like here, that. but here's the thing: you're at the major league level. How long ago were you taught to hit the cutoff, man? One would presume that you're not even at the major league level if you don't know how to hit the cutoff, man, or don't know what that even is. Sometimes I think players get into their own heads of their, because they're all great. Maybe the best ones from their hometowns. But when they get to this level, sometimes you can't really tell them what they want to hear. You might just be like, okay. Because, and this is something that I could see Cora saying. Him telling them what the correct way to do it. How many times do I have to tell you that? If you continue to fail to do it, then you'll just fail yourself out of the league. It isn't going to, you can't tell me Alex Cora is always the reason why Pearson can't hit the cutoff. Definitely man. not always, but when like things like that happen a lot and you lose multiple games because you have defensive issues, base running issues, like basic now, stuff. Now maybe you've lost the team because like, keep in mind some of the people, some of the, some of the issues we're talking about is a, are tied to the guy we just talked about in the last break. Sure. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. Like again, so we're going to say like, Verdugo is going to make Alex Cora look bad, or Alex Cora is a bad manager because of Verdugo. I don't. I don't think like Verdugo players was fine in the field managers, last year, though. Players Verdugo, can make managers look yeah, bad, but Verdugo in the field last year was fine. Like the issues they had, like their up the middle defense. There was other issues, like the base riding one is what stands out to me the most. And I know you can say they're major league players; they should know, and you're correct. But when you see that guys don't know it or they get it wrong, like. Well, that, that's where I mean, you got to step in as a coach. But that also starts with Kike Hernandez at short. Okay, yeah, again, might... and that is <laughs> out of his control. But right. when it keeps happening, or when Kike doesn't get better at all, like I don't know. Like to me, that's why 
Like, I still think Core is a really good manager, but I think there are some fair questions here. Like, Here's how he handled the pitching staff in 19, some of the issues. When, when Kike went back to the Dodgers, he became a little bit of a contributor, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Imagine so, that on a good team. So, so all of a sudden, who was the other guy that, um, the, the, yeah. the reliever? That went oh, out Brazier. There. Yeah. Brazier. It was right? good. Yeah. Suddenly, like, oh, wow, the thing doesn't hang as much as it used to, right? So, again, sometimes players just may not buy into. Now, if you can, if you want to tell me that, hey, some players may not like Cora's style, I would agree 100%. I just don't think that changes where I think he's one of the better managers in the game. Yeah. Oh, and I'm I not think... saying he's not good. I just think some of those questions are fair. And, okay. like, I know we point to the roster, but Bloom also lost his job for that. Well, then it's now on Cora. It's Cora time, isn't it, right? Yeah. Uh, one more text, Nico. Okay. And another texter here for your Mookie Betts talk earlier. The Red Sox were good with Mookie because he was an MVP caliber player. He always said the right thing. He was like the perfect player for any fan base. Yeah. I mean, he was what? At one point, he was the odds-on favorite to win the MVP in the NL uh, up until the last several weeks. Yeah. I mean, it was just when Freddie Acuna's- Freeman and Acuna had unbelievable Hall of Fame level seasons. If not for that, Mookie probably would have won it. Right. So, exactly. Like, when you have someone who could be... Because then you get into... If you've got a guy at the player level who can who can judge... Or let me, let me rephrase that. Who can dictate the culture in that locker room. And a manager who understands player culture. Then you've got something really cohesive that people want to come to. When you were talking about those eras and those things... You would have a player at the player level getting into other players' ears about making stupid mistakes like that. There's no player out there that's going to get in anybody's ear about anything that's being done wrong right now. Yeah, may, I on mean, behalf of the manager, it's just that's why. Again, I think he's a really good manager. I just think some of these questions are fair. Yeah, fair. I'm not saying it's unfair. Yeah. I just I still think he's one of the top five yeah. managers in. I think that you know Mookie Betts probably would have helped being next sure. to Devers than or Bogarts, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, a solid I mean, but Heimblum lost his job for that. So, yeah. like you said, it's Cora time. Well, speaking of time, it is time for Festivus. I celebrate Festivus. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Festivus is all too real. Now we're going to hear about it. Happy Festivus. All right, John, air the grievances, feet of strength. We've already got the aluminum pole, thanks to our technology here at work. And the Festivus Miracle, go. So for me, a Festivus Miracle was this year. No, you it, start with the grievances. You got to oh, start I'm with sorry, your grievances. I'm sorry. My grievance is that the Patriots have a lack of good wide receivers. It has killed them all year. It's going to keep killing them next year unless they get one high in the draft. And it's really frustrating to watch. My grievance is why did it take so long for you guys to realize that Mac was not the guy? I've been screaming for the top of the hills for the last two or three festivuses, letting you know that, hey, the game is moving faster than what the quarterback you're putting out there. So that's my grievances. Ha! Well, I should have listened the first time. So, feet of strength. Yes. To me, I want to say it's KJ and Lions watching all the Red Sox and Patriots games this past year because that took a lot of strength. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Dodgers paying Yamamoto and Otani. What a flex on the entire major leagues and on sports in general. I'm going to celebrate my partner here on line, KJ and Lions. John Lyons running his first 5K Whoa, this year. Yeah, what go. a feat of strength. 
and went drinking right after. Had some beers right after? Uh, a few hours later. Oh, yeah, a few hours later. I, I thought you ran right to the beer tent. No, which been, I, I like, wanted to. You're just to. asking for dehydration. I wanted to, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> the Festivus Miracle. John? Dan Snyder sold the Washington Commanders. <laughs> An, a marquee franchise finally has a legit good owner, and this could relate to the Patriots' friends if they want to make a big bid for Bill Belichick. But, yeah, Dan Snyder selling that team was my Festivus Miracle. My festival Festivus Miracle is I still work here. Look, I've been in the market for six years. I used to do mornings at an R&B station, and damn it, how am I pulling this off? So, yes, my Festivus miracle, which I'm very thankful for, is that I am still here at WEEI going on three years. Amazing, is it not? All right, John, one last grievance if you got it. The Red Sox lack of starting pitching. Last Uh-oh. year, 53 games were a starting pitcher through less than 80 pitches, sixth most in the major leagues, zero complete games. 47 quality starts, which was 25th. What does that uh, add up to, KJ, if we're building an equation? You need a couple starting pitchers. Uh-oh. They don't have any. Right? Brian Bayo's a good piece, but he's young. He should be your third guy. Come Paxton back, should probably be your fourth. <laughs> Come back, John. <laughs> like, you need another. You need, I mean, and again, I don't want to hurt them for things they haven't done yet, but it feels like they're not going to get any of these guys, and it's such a failure. So, happy Festivus. A Festivus. For the rest of us, the final hour of KJ and Lions next on WEEI. We talk Celtics. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.